One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope that you're all staying safe and healthy. This episode actually marks our one-year anniversary. This has been such an enjoyable and enlightening journey for us here on the show. Thank you so much to those who have been listening along with us as we create adventures for you. We plan to continue to bring you many more hours of Ninth World fun as we continue on in the future. Thanks so much for listening. In this episode, our fearless team returns to the Echo Chamber and attempts to soothe the screaming voices that reside there. Mental fortitude is tested, impressive displays are made, and food is shared. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory steel themselves against the imprinted echoes within the chamber. You've all gathered and are about to start preparing to make your way back down underneath the settlement. Rufus has the device they have created to try and pull the pain from the creature in the echo chamber that Adriel has told you is called a Gamorn, which is spelled G-E-M-O-R-R-N, should anyone want to write that down. For those playing along at home. For those wanting to take notes at home, of course. <laughs> Rufus also has their battery cube ready to go. It's full at the moment, but they're also bringing along the equipment needed to recharge it if the energy from this creature is able to be harnessed in that way. Eidos is coming with you, as is Adriel. Fahura opts to stay above just to keep an eye on things. With this many important people going down below, she says that someone has to hold down the fort upstairs and decides that it will be her. If you're going into the hole in the ground, and they're going into the hole in the ground, then who's driving the plane? (laughs) Is there anything specific that you all want to take with you down there? Obviously, you'll have all of your basic equipment and your weapons and armor, any ciphers you have and the like. Rufus does offer the use of that armor they made, so they roll out kind of this cylindrical container of clear goo. Uh, If anyone wants to uh, stick their hand in or anything like that, uh, the goo will cover you, and like I said, it will give you some armor. Um, It doesn't do so well for anything that is in your brain, which I know is mostly what we're going to be dealing with down there, but uh, if you'd like it, you're welcome to it. I mean, I won't say no... Because the last time I thought I was able to deal with something easily is when we acquired the materials for this, and we saw how that went. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, so do you stick your hand in? I, I do, in fact, stick my hand in the goo. <laughs> As you put your hands in, it's almost uh, very Matrix style when Neo kind of touches the mirror and it starts enveloping his entire body. That's not exactly what happens, but the goo kind of just starts climbing up your arm and encases your entire body. It doesn't cover your mouth or eyes or anything, but you do feel it coming up and over your head, and after a couple of seconds, it hardens. It still allows you to move. It doesn't inhibit your movement whatsoever, but it's almost like a semi-liquid state. Not quite like the oobleck we were talking about earlier, but it's almost like it still has a liquid feel. It like flows over you, but when you touch it, it feels hard. And as a reminder for what this does, it will prevent you from taking any damage from acid, cold, electricity, or fire. Huh. And then if you're struck by an object uh, that just deals normal damage, it'll give you plus one armor for that hit. Cool. So technically I have two armor for all physical attacks. Correct. Okay. Does anyone else want to touch the goo? Touch the goo. Touch the goo. <laughs> Was that Jory reaching out to touch the goo? One of us. <laughs> you guys listening can't see it, uh, but Rin is just shaking her head so hard back and forth, like, no, no. I don't want it. Don't make me. How, how many uses of the goo do we have? Um, It's a pretty big vat, and when Smolren touches it, it does decrease a little bit. But you're guessing there's probably a solid 15 uses in there? Oh, yeah, I'll touch the goo. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep, same thing. It just covers over your arm mm. and up your body and solidifies after a second or two. Chase, I'm going to have to ask you to never make that noise again. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that always get said to me whenever I'm recording a podcast? <laughs> you make very strange mouth noises sometimes. It's, I mean, yes. yes, this is fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm going to like this the second it comes up, but man, do I not like this? Mm-mm. All right. It, it is a strange feeling at first, but I do promise you will get used to it. Not sure if I like that or not. All right, let's get to it. Eventually, you all start heading towards the tunnel opening. It takes a little longer to get everything down into the hole. The stuff that Rufus is bringing along, um, all of the equipment, trying to hoist that down into the ground, get it into the elevator, get it down the stairs. All of that takes a little bit longer and a little more effort than you would normally be taking uh, to take this trip. So here's the question. How do each of you help out with making sure that all of this is going to make it down safely? What is something that each of you do in this situation? I'm going to ask each of you to make a roll for this. I mean, I'm I'm pretty strong. I'm just going to going to help kind of lift it down. Okay. okay. We'll um, just go ahead and make that a straight might roll. Balance. Yeah, we can go with that. Making sure you keep everything balanced, that nothing is going to tip. Absolutely. Let's let's use that skill. Okay. That's going to be a level three. Three. All right. I will I will burn a mite for some edge to bop that down to a two. Sure. 
And that's a success with a minor effect. I'd like to ease everybody else's up. Absolutely. If I can. Cool. Well, as tempted as I am to use my flex skill for this, I think that we might have things later that come up. So I think that Smallren is just going to uh, basically try to use her eye for things, her reflexes to make sure that everything is like, you know, not banging up against the walls in any way, that everything is just getting down as, as steadily as possible. All right, cool. Is there a specific skill you wanted to use for that? Actually, yeah, I I'm trained in perception tasks because of the the orb. Because of the orb. Eye. So sure. I'm like keeping a very careful eye out to make sure nothing bumps against the wall of the tunnel or anything like that. Absolutely. So it was a level 3, but Nehemiah's role eased it by 1 and with you being trained in the skill that takes it down to a level 1. Yay. Rolling just to see if I do anything cool. A success with a four. <laughs> you barely make that roll, oddly enough. You have to roll a three <laughs> to make a level one task. Oh, good God. So you're good. But honestly, what happens is you're easily paying attention to what's going on. But this is a slow <laughs> process. The impatient orb. <laughs> exactly. You just get this very impatient pulse of energy just coursing through your mind, like... Why isn't this going faster? We should be down there already. And you're able to make sure that your focus is kept in this situation, but it's a little bit harder than you would have expected to try and keep with the slow pace that's going on here. What about you, Jory? I have navigation. So I think I'm going to hold up some light sticks and direct everybody what they're doing without doing any real work myself. <laughs> you just you so you have a glow globe in yep. each hand. Jory is trained in semaphore. Yep. <laughs> well, she is now. <laughs> so again, Nehemiah's eased at one level. You're trained in navigation. That's going to be a level one. Roll a three or better. Let's find out. Wonderful. That's an eighteen. So yeah, you even throw a little dance in there. A little fancy footwork. Well, yeah. You start doing the reverse engineer. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I get it. It's horrible. Hey, you made it up. Oh. <laughs> Nerfed on your own petard. <laughs> all helping out in your individual ways, you are able to get all of the equipment and personnel safely down into the main chamber. Once you're there, Rufus takes some time just to check on everything, make sure that everything is good to go and still secure before continuing on. You get down the rest of the hallways and stairs and are down at the echo chamber. You all start to set up at the front of this door. Again, Rufus double-checking everything that you have brought down, making sure it can all connect as quickly as possible if and when you're able to get these doors open again. You all hear big, heavy footsteps behind you, just coming down the hallway, and you all turn, and Brex is there. They have followed you. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, B, what's going on? They just point to the door. Brexton, you, um, you know the folks in there? They kind of tilt their head and then bring it back up. 
The visor color goes maybe a little bit pink, but barely. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of what I figured. All right. You do know that they were incredibly close with Nick, <laughs> so that may be part of why they mm. are down here. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, because we were discussing that Adriel saw Nick. Right. All right, Rue. What? What exactly do we have to do? Okay. So, uh, the, the the process of making it happen is, is very straightforward, but the process of getting to that point, I'm not 100% sure on yet. So we have to get these uh, two uh, pillars in there, and and you put them on either side of them, uh, and, and these tendrils uh, kind of come out, and it touches you on either side, and it kind of just leeches the pain away. Okay. So we have to get one of these pillars on either side of the thing that we're trying to deal with in there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if that works, mm-hmm. then I can connect my battery unit to it and see if we can use that as a power source to turn on the device in there. Because if I remember correctly, we're trying to figure out a way to turn on the echo chamber... Yes. Yes, that is precisely it. Okay. So the process of how we actually get to the point of doing that is not exactly my wheelhouse, but that's what needs to happen. All right. Adriel, did this thing move? Is it mobile or is it in one place? To my knowledge, it's stationary. It did not seem to advance or retreat from me in any way when I was in there. And when the image of Nick appeared to help me get out of the way, it did not follow us. So we're dealing with exactly what we see, which is useful. I mean, it seems seems to me... That the only way to do this is to get in there and do the dang thing. We just gotta bust down that door and run for it. Rue, can you activate this thing remotely? I can turn them on ahead of time. Then once they're in position, once they're close enough to each other on either side of the thing, they should react to each other automatically. Okay, that's useful. We can work with that. So all we gotta do is just have them on and then... Two of us gotta run in. I'm happy to be one of those two and just pop them down and hope it doesn't fry our brains before that point. Rufus says, I I do have these on the carts that we brought them down on, but in order to use them, they do have to be Mm -hmm. taken off the carts because otherwise the the force of when they connect will push them away from each other. Yeah. They'll need to be put on the ground and they are pretty heavy. That's fine. So it will take a decent amount of strength to do it, and and that's something I know you can do, Nehemiah. That's no problem. Uh, But we might want to consider who's going to be on the other one. At that point, Brex steps forward. Brex! My guy. Seeing that, Edos turns and says, Brex, while I do appreciate that, I don't know that you have the mental fortitude to withstand what might happen in there. And the color of Brax's visor 
just fades a little bit, like it's just less <laughs> saturated. It's oh, a light buddy. violet lavender instead of that deep royal oh, purple. Oh no. No, Brax, don't make Brax sad. Edos turns back and says, I can withstand the psychic onslaught, but I do not have the physical strength. I might be suited for that. I am particularly skilled at avoiding the, as you say, psychic onslaught. I also could, really. I'm tough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll leave it to you then, whoever wants to do this. I'm willing to be one of the people, but I'm not the one who discovered this room down here. And if anyone else would like to do so, please feel free to. You also, as the leader of the settlement, might not be the best one to put into harm's way. Possibly true. That said, if you would like to go, Jory and I can always rock paper forearm blade for it. (laughs) Alright, I will have you know, I was literally, you probably can't see it, I was literally trying to take rock paper scissors and figure out... I've been thinking about it for approximately the last minute and a half. (laughs) I have stoneworm wrench right now, and I don't know why. Oh, I like that I like too, that. Though. I like that. Stoneworm wrench. So stone smashes worm. Worm eats worm. wrench. <laughs> I don't know. Wrench cracks rock? That, like I said, I I just started writing it down, so I was like... I, had to I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. No. It, it needs some workshopping, but I don't hate it. Yeah, worms can't really eat. Excuse me, we are in the ninth world. Do you know how many things I've thrown at you that okay, eat ciphers? Like I was going to say, it, it would have to be a specific type of worm, but we could make this work. The cano worm. So Nehemiah's definitely going in. Did mm-hmm. you all want it to be Smallrin and Jory, or... I mean, that... Joke? Yeah. Okay. Adriel is near the door, but has not volunteered to go back in in any way. No. I I wouldn't expect that of her. This is probably the first time you've ever seen her nervous about something. Visibly, at, at least. I mean, you're sure she has feelings, but she never shows them. Are we sure she has feelings? I mean, she must, right? Well, now we know she has exactly one. We've seen <laughs> she one. She has a singular feeling. <laughs> she has one singular feeling. Sure. And at the least, it is apprehension. At the most, fear. She looks at you and says... I will happily be the doorman. We'll make sure you get a nice tip at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which one of you has the master key to the doors? I think I still have it. Adriel asks for it and is ready at the waiting to open the door for you. So we'll have Nehemiah on one pillar, Jory and Smallrin on the other. Rufus is waiting with the battery pack to run in and connect everything as soon as you guys have it in place. Is there anything else you'd like to do to prepare? Smallrin, would you like to set your flex skill? Anything you'd like to put this on for today? I don't know what to set it as. That's the thing, because I've already got... I've already, I'm already trained in intellect defense, so I can't, I'm not allowed to be specialized. 
with my flex skill. Maybe something something for strength for like actually moving the the pillar. Oh, good call. Good call. You can just say might tasks. Might tasks. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that just to make things easier. Okay, good idea. Smallrin does a couple push-ups in the center of the hallway to prep. <laughs> Adriel stands with her hand on the little USB flash drive-sized key card, set to put it into the slot on the top of the door lock, and looks back to everyone. Are we ready, then? Yep. Let's do this. She takes a deep breath and slips the key card in, and the door slides open. And immediately, in your minds, you start hearing those screams, those pained and suffering screams, and you all rush in, pushing these pillars as fast as you can, trying to get them into place. So first things first... I need everyone to make an intellect defense roll, level 7. I will use an edge to take that down to a 6. Good call. Yeah, I'm going to spend a point of effort for that. Okay. Always a good idea, especially when it's a level 7, because that means you have to roll a 21 or higher to succeed, which is technically impossible. Oh. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, well, that is a a 4 for me. Oh look, we all we all lined up really nicely. Yeah, three, a three, four, and a five. Three, four, and a five. Wonderful. Good. Oh, God. So a three, four, and a five. Everybody failed, unfortunately. So you all take four points of intellect damage. You start running in, the screams filling your ears, and you push against these pillars. I need everyone to make me just a straight might check, level four. The idea is that you need three might successes in order to get the pillars in. Whether or not you can last that long will be a different story. But that's how many might successes you need to get everything into place. Again, I will I will burn an edge to make that a three. Ooh, I have rolled a one. You rolled a GM intrusion. I did. Oh god. So then Smallrin has a success and Jory has a failure. So you guys start pushing them in. The success on Smallrin's side and the failure on Jory's side kind of even each other out. You're able to get it in and through the door, but the wheels on one side of the cart are a little bit uh, stickier than you would expect, so it's kind of slow going, and you don't really get it that far into the room. Nehemiah, you are a little too zealous about trying to get it in. You're able to get it through the door, Mm -hmm. but you push just a little bit too hard, and the whole thing just tips over and falls down. Yep. You'll have to spend a turn getting it upright and back onto its cart before you're able to keep Mm -hmm. pushing it forward. Okay. Okay, I need everyone to make me that intellect defense roll again. Level 7. Burn one so that it is technically possible for me to succeed. Hey. Oh, hey. I did it. That's 15. All right. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I am also, once again, I'm trained in this and I'm spending for a point of effort. We're going to see how this goes. Oh, thank goodness. All right. So both Nehemiah and Smallrin succeed. You do not take that damage. You're able to steal yourself against the mental onslaught coming in at you. 
But Jory, the sound of the pillar that Nehemiah pushed over actually startles you enough that it puts you off balance mentally, and you take that four intellect damage. All right, so everyone make that might check again. And feel free to use effort to lower that a step, or if you think you can apply any sort of training or skill to help out, feel free to do that before you roll. Okay, I will use point of effort to do that. As will I. Wow, failure again. Three. Oh my god. Ugh. Success for me. Okay. Jory? Sorry, I'm trying to see if there's anything I feel like I could use. I mean, if nothing else, you can apply effort. You can always apply effort to any role, so long as you have the points. And then if you have edge in that particular category, that particular stat, uh, it costs one less to spend for effort. So if you say spend for effort in an intellect-based task, it would normally cost three points from your intellect pool, but if you have edge in intellect, it would only cost you two. It kind of takes one off the top for you. I'm just going to roll four mites in effort. Yay, I win, and it's great. Jory just won the whole game. All right, so going around, uh, Nehemiah fails again. What happens to this pillar now? What, what does this failure look like? So it, it, this is just me. At this point, uh, Nehemiah has given up. Like, he tried to, like, hoist it back onto the cart, and it just wasn't happening. So at this point, he's just kind of shoulder-checking it over to where it needs to be. And actually, I would like to know if I could use my ability Impressive Display. Uh, you perform a feat of strength, speed, or combat, impressing those nearby. It's supposed to have a social interaction with it. I'm wondering if I could do it just for the strongman aspect of it and essentially have it count as a success. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Cool, cool. So I will spend the two might for that and Nehemiah just kind of like gets two hands underneath and, you know, lifts with his knees and starts duck waddling forward with the pillar. That's perfect. That's a wonderful image. Jory and Smallrin are very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, Jory and Smallrin are so impressed that their successes are that much more awesome. Jory ended up with a 19 minor effect. So, Jory, what do you want that effect to be? I'm trying to think of something that could help Nehemiah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but might need help. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, so how about this? You see Nehemiah picking up this pillar and kind of shoving it forward, waddling along, just kind of pushing it on the ground. And the display of strength is impressive, but I feel you would also be a little bit amused at this image. So I think if you're able to offer some verbal encouragement to him, I would easily allow Nehemiah to lower the level of the intellect defense test coming up next round uh, to allow him to do that a little bit easier if you're able to come up with some encouraging words for him. Hey, Nemahia. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Your shoes are not untied. You don't have to keep looking down at them. Just use, use, use your legs. Use your legs. <laughs> I'm using them. I'm using them. I know, but just imagine that you can. It's very important to, to work your, your body from the, the mind down. So just take a deep <laughs> breath. 
and push with the legs. Push Mindfulness the legs. is very important. That's right. Okay. You got it. You got it. Look at you doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. Is You're doing it. Everything. <laughs> this is perfect. I want I want a jewelry motivational tape. <laughs> I want like a jewelry once a day motivational desk calendar with phrases. Yes. It's very nonsensical, but she's smiling, so. <laughs> All right. Smallrin is able to pull a little bit harder than everyone else. Smallrin has two successes while everyone else has one. So everyone go ahead and make that intellect defense roll again. For Nehemiah, it is eased one, so it is a level six. For Jory and Smallrin, it starts off as a level seven. I am going to once again spend a point of effort... Wow, it is loving the threes for me today. Wow, that is like the fourth three that you've rolled. It is. Oh, and that is a failure. All of you end up taking that four intellect damage again. I would like to use a recovery action. Absolutely. Here's where you guys are. You're probably about halfway into the space with these heavy, heavy pillars right now. If -hmm. everyone wants to go ahead and take a recovery action, you can. I rolled a one. Wow. As did Small. As did I. (laughs) Jory rolled a two. So that is two, two, and three points you guys can put back into your pools. Yep. That is technically enough for me to ease it up once and take one more hit before things get ugly. Oh, boy. I'm afraid that is not the case for me. Oh, guys. Oh, boy. So where are we in terms of intellect pools for you all? Six. Ten. Four. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. It's too late for what? It might not be. Uh, I was trying to think if there's, like, somewhere I could use right tool for the job to make, like, a magneto shield I could hold up in front of my brain. I know, it's too late. You're supposed to do it beforehand, so it's... No, 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 it's not, it's not. Um, it will take the place of one of your might rolls... And it would basically give you an asset. It wouldn't last longer than this moment, and it'd be incredibly rudimentary. But you could do that. It would just take the place of one of your might rolls. Is it, are we, are we still, would we still be able to move? This, would You would not be able to move while using that, no. I'm not going to do it then, because it's, we'd, we'd just have to do it again and just be doing that. Okay. You all take a moment to steal yourselves and try to recover mentally a little bit halfway through. And over the screams in your mind, you hear Edos call out, Sincerely, if anyone needs to switch out, just ask. I can help. Yeah, no. Small Ren kind of like, like waves at Jory, like, go if you need to. Do you want to switch out completely or just have Edos's help? It's probably a good idea if I switch out. I, I can't take one more hit and the chances of passing are very low. You wave to each other and you guys start moving to switch out. And it's easy to move in here. It doesn't take you long to run and switch places. It's just moving these big pillars that's taking up your time. So you guys switch places and Edos takes up that mantle. Alright, so it's time for Might Rolls again. 
difficulty four. And smaller and with Edos helping you, that will ease the task by one. Easing that up by one. Roll. That's that is the fifth three that I have. That rolled. okay, yeah, no. I call shenanigans. Roll twenty has it out for you. Oh, okay. I got a success with an eight. You and Edos are very close to having this pillar in place. Nehemiah, you continue to try and push it along through the room, and Brax has been watching you struggle, and ka-chunk, 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 runs up behind oh. to help you out. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Smallrin calls from across the space. You don't got it. <laughs> I'm essentially going to have you treat this as a reroll with an asset. All right, cool. So that'll pop it down to two... There we go. Fifteen. Oh, there. <laughs> Basically, rather than trying to put it back on the cart, Rex just picks up the other end and you guys mm-hmm. just carry it like a table. All right, back to intellect defense, level seven. Okay, easing that up by one so it is possible. As am I. Failure with a fourteen. And a failure with a ten. You can see Edos wince in pain, but they continue to help you push. Brax also doesn't do so well. It takes them a second, and they almost drop the pillar. Mm-hmm. They don't speak, but the colors on their visor just t- start to cycle through rapidly, just like disco ball flashing lights. My intellect has hit zero exactly. Okay, so at this point, you are considered impaired. This means that it will cost one extra point to apply effort, mm-hmm. and you ignore major and minor effects on your rolls. Okay. All right, might roll. Level four. This could theoretically be the last one. It's cost one extra point to, to do? Yes, one extra point to use effort. Go ahead and try that. Success! 13. Oh, success for me as well. Smallrin, Edos seems to wince again, but with your success, you are able to get this pillar on one side of the screaming faces, and the closer you get to it, the louder the voices are. Nehemiah, you and Brax get closer, but still have a little bit farther to go. I'm going to have you just make one more might roll. Uh, You guys summon just a little bit more strength Mm -hmm. and try to push right through. Actually, I'm looking at my impressive display. There's not a limit on how often I can do that. It's just listed as an action. Yeah, it just costs the points. Yeah, just do the two points and will that get us there? Yeah, yeah, I like that. You just summon that resolve and that impressive display again Mm -hmm. and push forward. Yep, just kind of shoulder check it into place. All right, let's go. Rufus then sees this happen and starts running in, and I assume you all start running out to get out of the way. Oh, yeah. Like a bat out of H-E double hockey sticks. For sure. Edos, Smallrin, Nehemiah all start running out. Brax actually stays back for a second to make sure everybody gets past them. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that Rufus gets in, but then they follow along behind you out of the room. 
Rufus comes running in, quickly attaches the battery pack to these two pillars, and these almost metallic-looking tendrils start flowing, and they both touch this screaming mass of glowing faces, and you can still hear the screams. They don't hurt as much now that you're out of the room, but the voices start to fade. They're not screaming in pain so much any longer. They're maybe whimpering would be a good way to describe it. Rufus turns around, looking at all of you, still standing in the room. They're not seeming to be mentally any worse for wear. And they say, I think we did it. It seems so. I think you're right. But that room can still get bent. So what happens now? Well, we figure out how to turn this on. All right. We can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here for a couple of minutes and just kind of not move. If that's all right with everybody. It's at this point you all hear a voice from the hallway. I can't trust any of you to go anywhere without forgetting something. <laughs> and Fahura comes around the corner with just this big sack of picnic lunches for you guys. I packed each and every one of you a loving, well-rounded lunch, and y'all left them on the counter. It was incredibly stupid and thoughtless of us, and you are clearly the best of us all. Can I please have lunch, please? Yes, let's sit down and have some lunch. Yes, snail mom. <laughs> and she passes out, like, a little boxed-up lunch for everybody. Little bento boxes. <gasps> did did for her make bento boxes? Basically, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So you guys sit down and have some lunch. And I will say that if you guys spend enough time here, I will let it count for both the 10-minute and one-hour recovery roll. So you can make two more recovery rolls while you're here. Total of nine. Oh, okay. A five and a six. Oh, yeah. You guys rolled pretty decently. So that will take care of a good chunk of your damage, if not all of it, for some of you. Am I still impaired, or...? No, as soon as that pool goes back up from zero, you are no longer impaired. Excellent. So yeah, I am sitting at a 7-14-4. Yeah, I'm at a uh, 9-13-10. Which is impressive, because I started out with 22 of my 24 intellect points. 9-13-10. Hey, twinsies! Point twins! Fahura has packed kind of a rice-like grain. It's kind of more akin to the texture of cauliflower rice, though. Okay. And some thinly sliced meats and a purple tuber root vegetable. Tubers. Tubers. I wonder, I, I was, who's going to say it? <laughs> who's going to say it? It's inevitable. Someone has to. <laughs> you all sit down with Fahura's bento boxes and take some time to eat and recuperate. I assume you're not sitting in the echo chamber, but probably out in the hallway. 
Rufus, on the other hand, has their box with them and is just eating out of it absentmindedly while walking around in the echo chamber, looking around at everything. Now that it's a place that you can be without incurring massive mind damage. And as the screams have subsided, you can actually hear the song playing very quietly, but the orb emits the song and theoretically everything is connected here. So for whatever reason, you can hear it ever so faintly in the background of everything now that the creature isn't invading your brain with screams. (sighs) Okay. Weird. Adriel is leaning against a wall in the hallway, eating. I think I'd be a little more inclined to go back in there now. That thing still puts me off, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about the whole situation, but, I mean, we got a job to do. And it seems perfectly safe now. Oh, there's still a screaming pillar in there. We may not be able to hear it. It may not be screaming as loud, but that's still a screaming pillar of energy. I'm not a huge fan of that. Jory, could you roll me an intellect roll level four, please? Is there anything, any kind of type of thing that this is? Or just, just do a... This is involving the voices. Not the song, but the voices from the pillar. So I am taking into account that you feasibly know the language that they're speaking. No. Extra no. GM intrusion. So you're sitting there, trying to eat your food, but while the voices have quieted down quite a bit and are less pained... You still can't get them out of your head. You can still hear them, clear as day. And understanding the language isn't making it any better. I'm going to have you take two intellect damage. So that's the intrusion part of this. In addition, you can understand what the voices are saying more clearly. Oh, boy. It's still a bunch of voices kind of on top of each other, but you start to hear phrases come through. It pulled us away. We all disappeared. Uh, I can talk, but I can't see. Oh, boy. Where have we gone? Please, help. Is anyone there? Jory puts her arms around Denise and starts rocking back and forth. Oh, I'm so scared. What's wrong, Jay? They don't know where they are. They can't hmm. see anything. They can just hear. Jory, I... I know this is difficult, but... Would you go into the chamber and see if you speak to them, if they can hear you? Okay. I get up and I go over and I poke my head in can anybody hear me you do not get any direct response you can still hear them saying things the same kind of mournful phrases 
but they do not answer your question. I pull my head out very quickly, just in case. No. As you pull your head back out, uh, Rufus from inside the room goes, uh, I, I, I can hear you. Okay, so we got one. <laughs> Bless. Actual cinnamon roll. I, I go and I sit back down and I try not to... <laughs> I don't know, cry, I guess, because they're so scared. Um, is there Has Farhura included any kind of dessert or sweet in these bento boxes? Yeah, there's a small little pastry that she included, like a little cream puff. Oh, that sounds adorable. Smallrin picks hers up and uh, holds it out to Jory. I don't particularly like sweets anyway. Would you like mine? Hold on, is this Smallrin caring about someone? No. (laughs) (laughs) Be embarrassing. Gosh. What are you talking about? Don't embarrass me. (laughs) Leave me alone. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll take it. She says, looking very skeptically. Smallrin. Come on, guys. Smallrin has feelings. It's fine. There's nothing shameful about it. That's just very specific. Um, okay, I'll, I'll take it and I'll, I'll munch at it, all the while concerned that maybe the eyeball is actually the one in control and I'm going to also end up with some kind of secret pastry implant. It's very good. Thank you. Did you just loop at me also? <laughs> Did you just feed me chocolate? Actually, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, she needs sugar. She's in shock. Yeah, fair. Nehemiah has already just destroyed the bento box and is laying face down on the ground. Just... I'm I'm picturing when you said destroyed the bento boxes, he ate all of the food inside and then began gnawing on the box itself for additional I mean, nourishment. The box, pro- yeah, the, the box is probably made out of some kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some kind of like a biodegradable, like food adjacent substance. So you're probably not far off the mark. Like it's probably, you know, a little gummy once you start chewing on it. Like a, so, you know, just... Little chip of it, just kind of chewing for the fun of it. And you all take some time to finish your lunch, take a few deep breaths, and ready yourselves to go back into the echo chamber and see what it takes to turn this machine on. Game. Thank you so much for listening to episode 28 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would like to thank Nate, Patrick, and Atan for their continued support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you. Those two things go a long way in helping us out. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, 
Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.